Becky C, and welcome to another episode of Life Got in the Way. This is the podcast where we are focusing on growing, learning, and achieving our lifelong goals. In today's episode, I want to do something a little different and kind of unique. This is an episode where you can kind of get to know us. You want to say something? Well, yeah, this is an episode to get to know us a little bit, a unique way where me and the host ask questions about each other and we share the answers with y'all the listeners. Yes. And that was the producer who was speaking. So, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I'm the producer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's see. So you came up with the final, the first question. Do you want to go ahead? I and came ask up with it? most of the questions. It doesn't matter. All right. So here we go. <laughs> we was confusing multiple mutual contributions. Right. Right. <laughs> all right. So tell me about a defining moment in your life. Oh, I thought you, maybe I should have asked the question and then you said your response. All right. I would say a defining moment in my life was probably when I was in fourth grade and it was a play that I saw. It was this play called Bye Bye Birdie. And it was my first time for one seeing a play on stage. It was, uh, I was in fourth grade, but there were some high schoolers who were doing this play and uh, it was actually an all-black cast because it, it was an all-black high school. It was a West Side High School. And I just loved, first off, I love the play. I love music and a play at the same time. And I just loved what the actors were kind of just bringing to it. And it was my, I think that was like the first time I could just feel my soul stirring. Mm, wow. Yeah, it was like, I didn't know how to explain it. I was like, one day I want to do that. When I say do that, I mean I wanted to be on stage. I had no desire to be on stage, but I just wanted to have something one day on stage that would move people mm. the way I was moved in that moment. So, yeah. Oh, wow. That's that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still working on that, but <laughs> it's, it's a process. It's a process. It's, you know, I'm in the works. I'm, I'm um, learning and learning, so hopefully I can get to that point. But that is something that was really a defining moment and I was so happy that my elementary school took us to go see that play it just really inspired me and I just fell in love with musicals and plays ever since and I've been going to the theater ever since that day nice 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 Mm -hmm. all right so a defining moment for me was when I was 19 I had moved to Tampa Florida with my older sister she had invited me out and it was just a way for me to just get away from New York you know, have a have new experiences and see life outside of my normal surroundings. And when I got out there, you know, it was so different. It was first of all, it was beautiful. Well, the section of where we was at in Hillsborough County, the real defining moment, the major thing that hit me is when I got my first job. Uh-huh. And when I got my first job, it was so funny because the the department that they put me in, there were three people there that was from the Bronx. And that's where I'm from. You know, I was born in the Bronx. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time where I felt like I was important because I was one of the three people, uh, two people back in the department that was responsible for the inventory. And anytime someone needed me to check something or to see if we had certain items in stock or for model number and things like that, they always came to me. So it made me feel felt important. Aww. And I remember when one of the corporate managers came to visit the store, the store manager at the time, she basically, she was like, you know, here's this, you know, the associate, she introduced me 
And she was like, he's basically the backbone. He's one of the backbones of this store. And when I tell you, like, that made me feel so proud. Like, I, that was, like, the first time ever where I felt, like, really, really important. Aww. And, you know, my whole experience being out there at that time, like, it, it completely changed my view on certain things. Like, certain things felt more possible than it was before I left New York, you know? There was a kind of, I was going through some rough, rough stuff you know, back home in New York. And when I finally got out there, it was almost like a, you know, a, a whole different opportunity for, a, you know, a change in, yeah. you know, lifestyle and everything. And it felt so good. So oh, good. that's pretty cool. It's always good when you can connect with people who just inspire you and make you feel, you know, really special inside and build your confidence and stuff like that, especially on your first job. That's oh, pretty, yeah. that's oh, pretty yeah. amazing. That's awesome. So tell me a movie that inspired you in general. A movie that inspired me. Huh. I know it's weird, but I would say Sister Act 2. Okay, that's a good one. Yeah, Sister Act 2. There was a line in there with anybody ever seen Sister Act 2? Um, it was uh, Whoopi Goldberg was like uh, this, was playing this nun, uh, a fake nun that was hiding out from whatever she was hiding out from, but she was in this uh, school and she was a teacher. And it was, um, it was back when Lauren Hill was a teenager and Lauren Hill played this part and she was trying to get Lauren Hill to stay focused. And she was trying to like, look, if you, um, if you want to be somebody, you want to go somewhere, you got to wake <laughs> up and pay attention. She was like, if you wake up every morning and all you want to do is write, you're a writer. Mm. If you wake up every morning, all you want to do is sing, you're a singer. Mm. And so I thought about all the times I woke up and how much I like to sing. But <laughs> I just felt like being a singer wasn't in my cards. But I also did like to write. So I also took that it twofold, like it could go in either direction. So and I was like, you know what? I do like to write. And so maybe that is my future path is writing. And I also like to sing, but I just don't talk about that part too much. But um, it always that line always stood out to me and it always inspired me because I felt like if you if you love to do something every day or if you if you if you feel it deep into your your heart, your, mm -hmm. you know, it's a part of you and it's something that you have to do. So that's one of the reasons why I really uh, kind of started off taking I was interested in writing, but I started to think about it in a in a serious um, manner. After every time I would think back to that part of the film. Oh, when they started singing the song, it's like you can't. That never leaves. Like yeah, <laughs> once it's once you hear it, it's just it just never leaves. Like I you remember, can't that yeah, part. I remember going to see that with a um a bunch of my uh, cousins, and it was just such a cool experience because it was uh, cousins I didn't get to see often, so it was really cool. And it was just one of those films. Like, I just love that film. So you know, it just it always made me happy. There's a lot of songs, a lot of songs. I had the soundtrack. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. What about you? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I told you I was bad when I was a kid, right? Yeah. Mm. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> well, there was this movie, Once Upon a Time, came out in 95, called Hackers. Mm. And that was my favorite movie as a kid. <laughs> and... I just wanted to just, when I saw that movie, I saw it so many times. Like, I just wanted to just become 
a computer expert and just hack into different stuff and just, <laughs> you know, fuck with people's lives and, you know, just do all sorts of terrible things. <laughs> just, I would just get a kick out of just messing with someone, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, my imagination, like all the cool things I could do if only I knew how, if I could just hack into this and hack into that. <laughs> You know, that's, that's where I was, I was kind of inspired by that a little bit, but never quite, you know. Quite made it there. Quite made it there. <laughs> but it was a, one of my favorite movies as a kid, and I, I enjoyed having the thoughts of just hacking. Okay, I'll, I'll rock with that. Not a, not a very usual answer, but I mean, it's just, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm just giving you a little insight into my mind as a kid, you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. All right, speaking of uh, experiences. We not, well, we are. <laughs> Tell me about an experience that you had that completely changed how you view someone or how you viewed a particular uh, situation or anything like that. You want to go first? I asked the question, so you're <laughs> supposed to answer. But if you, uh, if it, I'll give you some time to think about it. Okay. I'm going to have to go back for this one. There was a time where one afternoon on a Friday, I decided I wanted to just get out the house. I had no plans. It was boring. It was a nice sunny day. I was just going to stay inside, but I'm like, you know what? Let me just go go to the park and play some ball. Mm-hmm. And the park that I that I would go to was kind of like my, it was my peaceful place. Like anytime I was stressed or angry or anything like that, I just went to this park. I went away from my neighborhood to go play basketball at this park. So went to the park. Started shooting, you know, saw some of the guys that I knew. And then next thing you know, the park rangers, just, they just, a bunch of them just came on the court, you know, and just rushed people. They slammed certain people um, people on the ground. Some of my friends got slammed. And we didn't know what was going on. And unfortunately, they came to the court where I was playing basketball at. And they made us all get on the floor. Yeah, some people were able to, to get away, but... I was one of the ones that got caught up in this raid that I found out was a raid after I got locked up. But took me in, first time ever being in a holding cell at a precinct. And, you know, while I was in a precinct, I found out that the details of why they did what they did. To make a long story short, basically, there was uh, an event that had happened prior to me going to the park. Mm-hmm. How old were you? I was, uh, I think I was 20. Okay. I was 20 at the time. And either 20 or 21. But this is, you know, something had happened prior to me getting there. I'm not going to go into the details of what happened. But while I was in the cell, I just couldn't believe it. I was actually in there for three days. Mm. Knowing that, I'm, you know, not knowing what the hell was going on until the second day um, when someone told me. And, you know, it was me and another guy in there. We was just looking at each other like, we're not even supposed to be in here. So... What was once my safe place to go and play basketball and be at peace turned out to be one of the worst places to be at, you know, at the wrong time, you know, and Mm -hmm. it just, from there, I just, I I started, I stopped going to this park because of that experience. And it kind of changed how I view certain things in law enforcement, police officers, and I mean, just everything. Like it just, it put me in a dark mindset at that time. After my experience, especially not being someone who had any run-ins with law enforcement, anything like that. So, yeah, I can imagine that sounds uh, scary. I'm sorry that you had to go through something like that. We're all going to go through something eventually. That is true. 
Um, I would say my experience where I started to view a particular situation different was I remember when I was about six years old, six or seven. Oh, we going way back. Yeah, way back. <laughs> <laughs> I still remember. But uh, yeah, I was about like six years old or so. Uh, oh, it might have been. Actually, I think I was younger. I think I was more like four or five, actually. Yeah, mm. I was younger. That's I was a good like, memory. I know. Yeah. Uh, I was like four or five, and me and my mom was at this store. It was called like Service Merchandise, and they it was known for being like it had jewelry in the front, but in some section it had like toys and stuff, especially during Christmas time. So I was excited to be there because I was like, "We gonna go look at some toys." It's almost Christmas. This is great. Mm-hmm. And there was this little tree, um, sitting on the display of the of the jewelry jewelry display. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, I couldn't read, but my mom was like, oh, let's look at the little tree. And we went to look at this little tiny tree and it had like these, I called them birds, but they're like turtle doves. And um, they had names on them. And you picked a name off the tree and that's who you would, uh, it, it was like some kind of, like for kids who who didn't have money to, my mom explained this, kids who didn't have money or their families didn't have money to get them Christmas gifts. Mm -hmm. So it was, you could, uh, they were in foster care or something like that. And you could pick a name off the tree and that's the person that you would get a gift for. Mm -hmm. And so I remember us picking a name off the tree. She told me the name. I don't remember the name because that was a long time ago, but I do remember it was a little boy and we went while we were there, instead of looking for toys for me, or, you know, we started to look for something for this little, little boy. And I remember us picking out something, I think we picked out like a little truck or something. And I felt so excited to take it home. And my mom made, she was really good at wrapping gifts. So she wrapped it to perfection and put the bow on it. And it was just, it made my, it made me so happy. Like, I wasn't going to be able, my mom told me we wouldn't be able to see him open it, but we could take the gift back to the store and we put it in this, uh, I don't know, some kind of bin or something. Mm-hmm. And and I just thought that was just like the best thing ever because I never got to do anything like that. But it made me appreciate and just see it was more than just giving gifts. I actually like to, and getting gifts, I actually like to give it and giving at a time when someone didn't have it it made me feel more it was more special to me than just receiving you know toys and stuff like that so i it it it, it was a more it was more valuable to me than me getting toys for myself so it was mm. uh well, yeah that was it, it kind of changed how i, I guess i saw wow where was you when i was a kid <laughs> You would have been my best friend. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it did. It it changed how I I saw the holidays, and I think that's why I've always had an affinity, um, a real appreciation for for the holidays for Christmas because I always just felt, you know, that that part of it, the 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 giving part of it, the love part of it, right. the helping others parts of it. That's the part that always made me feel good about the holidays. So nice, nice, yeah. nice. So we giving y'all some good stuff, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, All right. So what did you learn about yourself during a past relationship? Uh, what did I learn about myself during a past relationship? Something important like that, really. 
Um, I think, I think a past relationship. I learned that I do not, I am not confrontational, nor do I want to be confrontational in a relationship. Mm. I learned that about myself because, like, and when I say confrontational, I think some people they like a good debate. You know, they like to, you know, and it's just everything has to be like, well, let's discuss it. And then it's like, and it's like, well, let's play devil's advocate. Let's do that. I was like, let's not. <laughs> I don't mind because, uh, you know, you're going to have um, incidents where you're going to have disagreements with someone. I don't have a problem with having a disagreement. Mm-hmm. But when everything just seems like a debate and you have to argue about it, and I think they just argue to argue that is not where it's at for me. And I'm not what, and, and I think people like that, they get upset when you don't argue because that's the whole point is to have the debate, but it's not a debate. If the other person is just like, okay, I hear what you're saying. You know how some people feel connected, like they connect with confrontation. Mm -hmm. Like it's just a weird way to connect with the person. Yeah. And that was, that wasn't my way of connecting. So as if anything, I'm the exact opposite. I, am non-confrontational i i would rather us i would rather two people separate think about what they need to think about and then come back to the table when they're more in you know when their emotions and everything are under control versus people just Mm. you know just going and i I just do not like arguing i don't and i'm not an argue i'm not an argumentative person so I, i was like if i was in a situation where i'm constantly arguing with someone I would not, it wouldn't be a happy situation for me, but some people, that's how they communicate. Like they, they like to pick fights and I'll do this and that. And that's just not me. And so that's something I know I wouldn't want in life. Well, with me, I don't like picking fights at all. I don't like confrontation, but I'm not afraid of confrontation. And and what I learned about myself in a past relationship, confrontation is necessary (laughs) during certain situations. And, you know, there was someone that I was in a relationship with, you know, once upon a time, and this person had a big mouth. She just, I mean, <laughs> she just couldn't, <laughs> when it comes to, like, I value my privacy, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, some people, you know, she was the type of person, like, you know, she would talk about certain things, and she felt free and comfortable to, to tell her personal stuff. But at the same time, it's like, when you're doing so, you're sharing certain details about me that I may not want people outside of our relationship to know, mm-hmm. you know, and I, you know, it was something had happened where she talked about something and it got back to me and we, I'm like, yo, we're going to have this conference. We're going to talk about this. And, <laughs> you know, and she kind of took the stance where it was like, you know, I don't, you know, you, you picking a fight and this and with me, no, I want to address the situation. Like we're going to talk about this and cause I, I need you to understand that like what you being free and open like that, it's not, it's not cool with me. Like, especially if it involves me. So I value privacy. That's something mm-hmm. that I learned about myself. Privacy is very, very important to me because when one person is telling the side of something, you know, you only get in that person's perspective, but the other person doesn't have a chance. And then op- opinions are, are formed about whatever the topic is. And, you know, things could go haywire and go left mm-hmm. based off of you not being able to just be private with certain information. So I learned about myself over time that I'm very, very private. Okay. I dig that. I'm a private person. And confrontation too. is necessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
You are like the most least confrontational person I know. <laughs> I am, but you know, when when it's sometimes it's necessary. Uh, but I don't even think that's really confrontation. I think well, that addressing that's addressing an yeah, issue. I think right. that's a little different. When I think of confrontation, I think of someone there is nothing wrong, but they want to make it into something. Oh no, nah, I'm not like that. No, not, no, no, not, no. That's not, not you. That's not me either. But you know, that for me is more confrontation or like you know someone's stance on something and then you purposely want to bring it up just to start. Uh, just to poke at them. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then that stuff get old, but then they get a kick out of it, you know, but they only get a kick out of it if it's something that you want to continue and, and continue doing. But if you don't engage in it, then it's not fun for them. And right. so then. It's a, it's not, you know, it's like, I'm oh. good for disengaging. Yes. I will disengage so quickly. <laughs> it's a kick for me to disengage because I know it's going to piss them off even more. <laughs> you, I'll be like, you know what? You are so right. I didn't even think about it like that. Thank you. For I'll be saying some off the wall. I'll be complimenting <laughs> them on something that has nothing to do with the, what they, <laughs> what they pissed about. Like, oh my God. I'll just turn it into something. I remember oh. there was this weird. Oh man, that was a weird situation. This guy, and he was—I wasn't even dating this guy, but there was this girl in his life. Mm-hmm. But she wasn't his girl, and she's like found my number in his phone and calls me, and she's like da 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 da. And I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't know he had a girlfriend. Which it didn't matter. To, I mean, you know, if he had a girlfriend, if he didn't, he couldn't have friends. That's fine. But right. she was just really upset about it, and I was just like, uh, okay. And then she's like, and you know he's this and he don't have a job. And da, 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 da. And I was like, okay. I mean, he not, I'm not dating him. So I don't I care. And she used to get, she got so mad. I think she was mad that I didn't. But hold up. She sound like a Baltimore chick. Was she from Baltimore City? I have not seen where she was from. <laughs> I ain't saying where she was from. But <laughs> I would just say it was very like weird. And it was a lot of energy. And I was just like, this is a lot of energy for a guy that you say is not your boyfriend and y'all ain't got no titles. She's from Baltimore, ain't she? <laughs> no comment. But uh, either way, I just remember that was just awkward. And I was just like, you're just being confrontational. Like, you have no reason to call me. You're not with this well, person. Well, you know, she was trying to connect with you. You know, sometimes people like to connect the confrontation. <laughs> this is true. All right. Moving on to the next topic. So let me see. Well, I would say who or what was someone that inspired you growing up? Me, I was a a little different. My inspiration came from so many different places. Like, you know how people say, yeah, I was inspired by this singer, this artist, and I always wanted to be like them, wanted to dress like them. Mm -hmm. I never really felt that way in particular because my inspiration could have came from a friend that I had, the way they drew, you know, Mm -hmm. as an artist or the way the presence that this person had when they walked into the room, like, you know, how did, how did it get that, have that aura about them? Like my inspiration comes from so many different places, but if I had to pick a person, um, or say, uh, I would say LL Cool J, you know, the way, you know, when he performs, you know, like the confidence he brings, like the, the attention he demands when he's on stage. Mm -hmm. Like I was always inspired by that. Like I always told myself, whatever I do as a career, my career path or whatever, I want to make sure I bring that, I attract that type of attention, you know, and I bring that presence. Yeah. You he know. inspired me too. I really always liked Yellow Cool Yeah, he's dope. He's dope. Yes, he is. And we got to get him on a podcast. 
Yeah, one day. One day. <laughs> well, I was an old man. The Kango. Oh, that was my favorite hat. I, I had I had the the little bucket Kango because uh, Ella Kuja was rocking it. But anyway. <laughs> but for me, I would say um, mine goes back to uh, this author. It was an um, African-American woman that I read when I was in fourth grade was a very defining um, year for me. <laughs> but I read this book called Mississippi Bridge. Mm-hmm. And we used to have like book clubs and our teacher was really big on reading. So I don't know if we had some kind of special grant or funding or something, but we got all these brand new books for the classroom. And it was like all of these, it was Beverly Clearly. Um, all of the the favorite Judy Bloom, all of these, you know, just people that you Charlotte's Web, all these uh, things that you would read as a kid. But they were always, you know, I went to an all black school, but there was always just little little white kids on the covers of mm-hmm. all the books that I read, and and it wasn't it wasn't it was just that's what was out, you know, right. the R. L. Stein books, the uh, Goosebumps. Oh, it that was, was my favorite. I love Goosebumps, but you know. This book, I picked up this book, and it was called Mississippi Bridge, and it had, like, four little black kids and a, and a, and a, and a, and a little white boy on the cover. And I was just amazed because they looked like me, like my age and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I got to read this book. And so I read it, and it was a book that, you know, was set back in a time in, a, you know, 1950s in, in, um, in the South. But, you know, I just loved their story. And she was telling it from the perspective of this of this um, this young girl. And it was just like I loved her writing style. I loved the way she told stories. And then I learned that, you know, that that type of story was what you would classify as historical fiction. And I was like, I want to write like that. I want to I want to because I felt like there was so much that we can learn from a time period that happened before us. Right. You know, and so that was something that inspired me. And and I felt like that's how I learned about a lot of history was through storytelling. So that was something that inspired me. I ended up reading um, her book, um, Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry and all of these books. So she's um, she's definitely um, an artist that I really loved and admired. Um, I don't know. I know she's still alive, but I don't know if she is. Um, she she was she she kind of is very quiet Mm -hmm. very to herself so she doesn't do a lot of interviews and things like that but such an amazing artist um um, author so she really did inspire me that's what's up that's Uh what's up yeah all right so name a place that you always wanted to visit but when you visit it doesn't live up to the expectations that you had prior to going Mm. (laughs) what comes to mind is the place that everybody always talks about is that like you just gotta go, mm. and that for me was Vegas, Sin City. Yes. Oh. Yeah, mm. but minus the sin part, cause I ain't, ain't nobody. I was grown, grown. <laughs> <laughs> ain't nobody got time for that. I ain't trying to get in trouble. <laughs> but you know, I went, and I was just like, "Oh, this is gonna be great." Oh, I'm sorry. I thought the food was gonna be amazing. Mm. I'm thinking I'm gonna have these great buffets. Mm. All the food is gonna be fantastic. I was like. But you didn't just go to Vegas for the food, did you? No. But I'm thinking <laughs> food is everywhere, so I'm thinking it's going to be good. And almost 90% of the people, it wasn't until we, I think I was on the way 
on the way out that somebody was like, oh, you don't eat at the hotels. You don't eat on the strip. You got to go outside of that park to have the real food. Now, now listen, to be fair, I mean, with Vegas being a tourist spot, you know, you mm-hmm. would think that the food would be up to par. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would yeah, be. Yeah, it's a lot of visitors there. Yeah, you got to make sure that's, you know, but, you know. And and it was too much. I'm not a, I, I, no, 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 no offense to those who smoke, but, you know, I didn't mind going to a casino, but I'm used to areas where smoking is kind of not in the areas where it's the public. Like, if you want to do smoking, you had like, you know, there were special rooms for that. But the whole, all the areas was just smoke everywhere. And you're just sitting there and somebody's just blowing the smoke and it's all in your face and, and it's all in your clothes. So it's was taken away from any type away. of enjoyment yeah. that and, she you know, was having. I have, I have issues with um, the smoke. It, it it really, like, my nostrils swell up. And then it's like, I can't hardly breathe. So it's like, I literally have an allergic reaction so to cigarette smoke. smoke. Yeah. So I'm just like, oh, this is the worst. So it's like you were enjoying yourself and here comes someone with their... And it's just all in your area. Then the next person beside you, they come with theirs. And it's just like, is everybody smoking? <laughs> as I, hot as it is out here? Mm, it's a desert. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, for me, it was Las Vegas, too. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm going to be a buck. Like, I think if, had I visit Las Vegas in my early 20s, it would have been, been a bomb. Mm-hmm. But at this point, like, you know, when I finally got to visit Vegas, it was just... It wasn't what I expected at all. Like, I think that for me, what I enjoyed the most, to be honest with you, was going out at night and walking the strip. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, walking around and, and seeing different things. And, you know, I think sometimes, like, the people that you was come, that you come across out there, you just never know who you're going to come across mm, when you're true. out there. So that, that part of it was fun. Mm-hmm. But as far as doing a day, especially if you out in the time of day where it was, like, really hot, Mm-hmm. Nah, I just remember being tired. Like mm. you know, as soon as I got off the plane, just tired. Yeah, you know. And I, when I did my gambling, with some of my gambling when I went out, was you know in the morning, like four or five in the morning. That was the best time to go out and hit the casinos. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, hit the slot as... machines. Yeah, you, you know, Man. that was like for real. That was the best time to go out and, and gamble. Yeah, and you know? then and then for me, um, I only would bring a certain amount because I'm not like. I'm not going to lose, you know, you know, lose the mortgage over. <laughs> I'm like, you know, don't bring more than you, you are okay losing. Right? right. And I'm, I don't like losing money. So I'm only going to bring a certain amount. And mm-hmm. once I met my quota and I won something, I was like, well, I'm done for cashing out. I'm done. Like, word, word. that's it. <laughs> word. But, um, it was, uh, Vegas was, there were things about it that was fun. Um, but there was some things, like I said, that it was a little too uh, it was hot. It was very hot. And the prices on certain things. And the, oh gosh, no. I mean, for like the, the just the, the the things that you just you just need. Like this is a need. Like the yeah, this is not even just... one. This is a need. Like I need to have this. They would just the the prices would be so high. But um, you know, when I had opportunities to do a, a couple of things outside of the the main strip. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a little bit better. So mm. my biggest complaint though was the scammers. Oh, yeah, there was a lot the of scammers. scammers. I even, but I, I'm glad I looked at things like don't even buy water 
off the strip because they take the waters and they fill it up in the bathrooms of the gas stations and then sell it to you for two or three dollars. Oh, no, that's wild. Yeah, so I was like, okay, don't buy the water off the street. <laughs> you don't know you could be just buying tap water. Um, but yeah, so that stuff was uh huh? Vegas. Yeah. All right. Okay. So this question is tell me about a situation when you tried to look out for a friend and in doing so it kind of backfired on mm, you. That's a good that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, you go for it. Oh man. <laughs> well, there was a situation where I was uh I was staying with, with a friend for a little bit and he was trying to get someone off of Craigslist to be a roommate. Mm. And he found this, he was just looking for women. He didn't want no guys and he just wanted <laughs> to say women. And knowing him, that he's someone who doesn't know how to control himself around women. Mm-hmm. You know? And he showed me a picture. I was helping him out with the process and with the ads and stuff like that. I was kind of trying to influence him to not go this route of Craigslist, but you know, he wanted to go to Craigslist. So he ended up coming across someone by the name of Shantae. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> and she was very excited. She saw the post. She was the first person who hit him up and she was like, she could have the money right away. Mm. The deposit and, you know, the first month's rent right away. Red flag. Badinga. Hey. So I was like, I didn't know that he was having communications with her. You know, out of the blue, the next day, he's like, yeah, yeah, I got somebody who's going to come see the house and so on. I was like, oh, okay. All right, cool. All right, so um, she was like, he was like, yeah, she got the money and everything. So I was like, I mean, you got to do a background check. You know what I'm saying? You got to, you know. And he was like, what? I'm like, a background check. You got to do your due diligence. You know, you got to know who you coming. So he just wanted to take the money. So I'm like, you know what? What's her last name? So he told me her last name. And, you know, I did my investigative work and I found out some things about this person. I would just say that she wasn't someone that he, that should have been in this house. Mm-hmm. You know, that she had a past that was, I'm glad I caught it. And I told him about it. I was like, look, this is what someone, so-and-so, these are news articles. <laughs> Shoot. She made the news. This is the person that she was with when this happened. He's in, he's, he's away. (laughs) He's on vacation and she cut a deal and this, and you know, I'm giving him the allegedly. And he's like, Oh, he looks shocked. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, he got, he got the message. Let's find somebody else. That's more suitable for the place. Mm -hmm. Later that day, get a knock on the door. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yo, yo, the door for me. So I go to the door. Yeah. I go to the door, and guess who it is? It's Shantae. And she's here to see the, the house, and she's very excited. And, you know, he's like, yeah, come in. He's showing her around. And and I'm just saying to myself, I thought, what's going on? Like, I we had this conversation. Right. <laughs> so, you know, she came in looking her best, you know. She, you know, <laughs> she came in looking her best. And after she saw the house, she gave him the money and everything. And that was that. She was going to move in the next day. So he's like, yeah, yeah, yo. Um, I just decided to just go with her and give her a chance, man, you know. And, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to, you know, use that as a way to 
So I'm saying to myself, oh my goodness, this is not going to end well. <laughs> and it didn't end well. You know, mm. she didn't make the next month's rent. Mm. And he did some things that he shouldn't have did. And let's just say she was able to stay there for free for some time. Oh, gosh. And <laughs> some bad things happened in the house. So mm. after it was all said and done, he didn't make any money. And I pretty much got a squatter. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it just didn't work out. And it's like, yo, here I am trying to look out for you. And it just, it didn't matter. Sometimes you, you know, your efforts just don't matter. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember, I mean, mine is a little, it, I was younger. It was, when I was looking out for a friend. Mm-hmm. So I was about like 10 or 11. And my, one of my best friends, he was my best friend. And we went to, went to her elementary school together. And for some reason, he didn't have a key to the house, to his house, and his family got home later. So I was like, you can come to my house, because my dad got off work a little later. Mm. So I was like, you can just come to my house, and we'll, you know, we'll do our homework, we'll watch TV, you know. And he was coming, like, every day after school. Mm. And one day, and we, and you know, he would always leave before, you know, my dad got home. My dad got home before my mom. Why was work. he leaving before your dad got home? Because no one's supposed to be there. <laughs> and you know, this was this was this was the night early nineties. So it was everybody was a latchkey kid. So everybody was home by themselves until mm-hmm. their parents came home. There were no babysitters. You just didn't go out right. <laughs> when you locked the door. So I was home and one time we thought uh he was gonna get caught because my brother popped up unexpectedly and I was like, Go hide under my bed. And so he ran and he hid under my bed in my in my room. We were in the um, dining room doing our homework and stuff. And I threw his coat on in the back. Wow. And my brother comes in. He's like, hey. I was like, hey. And he kind of got that look. He's like, you okay? I was like, yeah. Oh, my god! So then he, he was like, and so he just get this feeling. And so he starts looking around. And he opens the door to my room. And he looks in there. He don't see nothing. He goes out. He's like, I was just checking on everything okay? Wow. Feels, feels weird in here, but okay. All right. Well, I just sat on you. I was like, yeah, we good. All right. So I was like, well, you got to go home, man. <laughs> he was like, all right. So he got his coat and ran home or whatever. And then the next day we were playing, hanging out. And I didn't, my mom, and my, my parents wouldn't let me cook on the stove because I was too, they, they thought I was accident prone. They trust me. Mm-hmm. So, but my friend, he knew how to cook. So I was like, you can cook. He can make bologna sandwiches, you know. Bologna sandwiches. <laughs> and I was like, he can heat up the meat. So he's heating up the meat and all this stuff. And he's cooking in the, you know, burning the skillet and everything. Mm. So, you know, we do it all that kind of stuff. And then I remember my dad had like these fake boxing gloves. And I was like, yo, this box. Oh, my god. And gosh. so we, me and him, we playing around in the living room because he, he usually leaves. He was like, what if I stayed a little longer? And I was like, oh, man. And we lost track of time. Wow. So me and him are wrestling. We boxing with our boxing gloves. We having a ball. And, and I didn't even hear my dad come in. And my dad came in. I was like, oh, shh. And there was mm. nowhere to hide because we were in the living room. My dad, like, and my dad, he used to open the, the basement door. And he used to hang his coat and mm. his hat on the, on the hook. <laughs> he was real calm. My dad was like, you know, can't have any company when no one's here. 
And my friend is terrified. He just grabbed his stuff. Wow. And I think I felt like he had left his coat or something. He took off so fast. And all I kept thinking is like, oh my gosh, my dad's gonna tell my mom. Oh, it's gonna be ah. I wasn't afraid of my dad. My mom, man, she was gonna go, she was gonna hit the roof. Mm. So I was like, oh, and my dad was like, ain't no telling what y'all could have been doing in here. I'm like, what you mean? Y'all oh. in here wrestling. And and you know you ain't supposed to touch the stove. I was like, I didn't touch the stove. <laughs> Then who touched it there? Is it still? I was like, he cooked. She's like, <laughs> and he looked at me like that. Was that supposed to be better? Wow. <laughs> oh yes, I was. Yeah, I was in a lot of trouble. <laughs> that was so. Then that ended that. So I was trying to look out for a friend so he wouldn't be wandering the streets by himself, waiting for somebody to come home. But mm. yeah, he got caught in my house, and whoo, that that just went down <laughs> from. I wonder, did you ever talk about that with your brother and tell him that <laughs> I surely his intuition did not. was on point? Well, <laughs> if he's listening to this now, then he knows. <laughs> no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. That one time you, you came. Yeah, yeah <laughs> brother, you forgot to look under that bed. That's where he was chilling. <laughs> but, you know, all we did was our homework and stuff. Because I was 10, you know. But uh, yeah. it was but it was just, I was like, oh, man, I got in so much trouble. Well, so my friend couldn't come and I felt bad because he had nowhere to go. I don't know what he ended up doing after that. But after that, it was just like, no. Mm. And we used to walk school together, come home together, exchange video games, all that stuff. Mm. Memories. I know. All right. So tell me something that was a hobby for you growing up that meant so much to you. I used to collect Marvel comics. Mm. I'm Marvel cards. I was very much into comic books, superheroes, cartoons, action figures, like you name it. Mm-hmm. Ninja Turtles. Like I had <laughs> all of, I mean, you name it, I probably had it. And mm-hmm. it, it meant so much to me, especially I was into collecting basketball cards as well. Yeah. And, you know, I had a cousin who played in the NBA. This one time when I, I buy these pack of cards, I get his card. Oh, wow. When he played for the Milwaukee Bucks. Mm. And it's funny how, how that played out because when I first bought it and I opened up, opened it up, ripped the plastic off, I didn't recognize, recognize that that was my cousin until I showed my brother the cards, my card collection. Mm-hmm. And he was going through it. And he was like, he just put his head down. I'm like, and he started laughing. And he was like, yo, this is your cousin. And I looked at the card. I was like. Oh, we got the same last name. <laughs> so I, I always knew of him. Yeah. And I met him a few times as a, as a kid, you know. I, at that point, I didn't remember. I was like like 10 or 11 at this point when I finally got his card. And he told me that, yeah, I used to buy cards too. And I used to hope I would get his card, you know. But you got it, man. So that was, that meant a lot to me in that moment. You know, mm-hmm. I, I felt, you know, I was happy about that. You know, that was the weekend thing, get away from, go to the arcade and, you know, buy some comic books and buy some cards and hang out with my friends and stuff. That was, that was a a big hobby that we all had back home. And we used to share our collections with each other. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Um, Shout out to Camacho's in the Bronx 95. (laughs) (laughs) When I was younger, I used to love to write poetry. And I was one of those people, I was a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And I, from an early age, my story necess- didn't mean it was my story. Mm-hmm. It just meant I like to, to to get into someone else's perspective. 
And what would I write if I was going to write a story? You know what I mean? So I remember I would write all kinds of stuff. And I would write about stuff that it didn't happen to me. But, man, what I wanted to do in my writing, I wanted other people to see someone else's perspective and to see it from their viewpoint. Mm-hmm. Like I wrote, I wrote a, a poem about um, a, a kid getting killed in a drive-by, mm. but I know I was deep then, <laughs> I was deep in seventh grade, but I didn't want it to be from the perspective. I wanted it to be from the perspective of a journalist asking the parents. And cause I always hated when the, the, the journalists and the newscasters, they would have that camera in the face. And the microphone asking you how you felt. Right. And so I wanted people to feel the pain of the parent and how it felt for them. And mm. so that that's the perspective that I would write it from, you know. And that's that's how I, that's how I wrote. It wasn't necessarily my experience or how I felt. But I remember one time I had a book of, I wrote some poems. I, I, and I would be like, oh, if I was if I was depressed, well, how would I write this poem? Da, 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 da. So I wrote the poetry, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't expect it to see the light of day. Uh oh. And you know, then I'm having this conversation with my mom one day, and she was like, "So you sad? You depressed or something?" I was like, wow. well, "Wait, what? What are you talking about? You not happy?" Wow. Like, I'm not happy. Where, where are you come? Where's this coming from? And then I was like, "Oh, she read my poetry." <laughs> but it's like, how do you explain? You know, I am an artist. That is just my artistic expression. It has nothing to me, you know, you and you can't, you can't explain it to your mama who is like, well, you know, they just, <laughs> that was like, first off, you're going through a notebook and, you know, I didn't have like no dear diary or anything. Good thing I didn't write anything crazy, but mm. my mom was You lucky because I did. <laughs> no, nah, I didn't write anything crazy, but my mom was just like concerned. But at the same time, mom was like, and if I was. This this energy that you're bringing to me is not this is not gonna make me open up. <laughs> but no, I wasn't. I really wasn't. But I just wanted to write from that. That's that was the challenge for me. That was a hobby. Like, right. how can I put myself in another person's shoes or another place and then write from that perspective? That's that was the the key, and that's kind of what I do with my writing to this day. I write from other people's experiences, and it helps me, you know. I'm gonna write it too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's, it's the worst when your high school teacher comes across something that you wrote that fell out of your pocket mm. and then addresses it with you the next day, coming into class. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything you want to talk about? Like, <laughs> is everything okay? Like, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm just. I'm here if you want to talk. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> Oh, good times, man. Yes. Good times and our hobbies. Mm-hmm, indeed. What is your hidden superpower? My hidden superpower? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it kind of falls back on pretty much what I just said because um, I think my superpower is being able to, I'm very observant of people, their behaviors, their mannerisms, like, I get a kick out of watching something and I can tell by someone's mannerisms if like say they were on the phone with someone, they get off the phone 
And I'm like, that wasn't a good conversation. Right. Or they're nervous. I remember I saw the, um, I think I was looking out of my window and I had saw the remnants of a car crash. And I saw the reaction from the person in the real expensive car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's not their car. <laughs> I could tell by the, and I'm like, and they ain't in, tr- and they in a lot of trouble. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the look of worry on their face. And then you could see the confidence of the other person writing their <laughs> information <laughs> down. And it's like some people, you know, there's certain things that some people might not catch. But I'm very observant and I catch the littlest details. Because it's those little details that when you're telling a story or when you're writing, it can it can set the place for the the mood of the story. Like I was writing this story um, about a homeless man mm-hmm. and the story, you don't even know he's homeless because um, he's sitting there, he's waiting on a bus and you think, OK, he's just having a conversation with someone while he's waiting on the bus. Then the bus comes, everybody gets up and everybody starts walking towards the bus. But this person. They act like they're getting up ready to get up and go to the bus. But the reality is they don't have anywhere to go. So they sit back down. And so that's when it's like, oh, the attention to the details. Like now when you really look at that person, you see the dishevelment in their clothes. You see the bags that they're carrying. It all starts to make sense. Yeah, it's a little ruffled. You see the shoes are a little worn. And it's like, okay, now I'm seeing this from a different perspective. So I think... Me being able to pay attention and to see those details in, in people's lives and, and how I see the world, it helps me to understand people and then take that and get other people to see things from a different perspective outside of their own. Right. I like that. Thank I like you. that. Thank you. I could relate to that, actually. I have multiple. Oh, well, but well the... it said a superpower. <laughs> I know. So. I know. I have multiple. <laughs> but I would say... For this one is my my ability to detect. Okay. You know my ability to detect bullshit. <laughs> I'm just gonna say it. Okay. Okay. That BS detector. Yeah. Is, your, is yours not. was you know a, a detection. You know, mm-hmm. you know. You know. I'm very observant. I listen carefully, and you know what you show me is basically you know I just you know it cycles through my my memory and everything else, and and I hold you to that. That's just mm-hmm. how I operate. I've always operated like that. Well, I learned to operate like that based off of circumstances I found myself in with people. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's very important. It's kind of like a defect, um, a defense mechanism for me in a way. Like you got to, you know, you got to protect yourself. And it's something that it's saved my life in certain situations, I, I'll say. Mm-hmm. That ability to be able to detect. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Just That's keep okay. it short. I like that. All right. So, if you could travel back... To any place in time, what time period would you try? Oh, to? I love this question. <laughs> this yeah. is my favorite, one of my favorite questions so far. Okay. Yes, I would travel back to. I created this question. Oh yeah, okay, oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'll let you get that. <laughs> I would travel back to the beginning of the summer in 1997. Oh wow, that's 1997. Nice. The beginning was such a beautiful time. Mm. You know, it was such a beautiful time. I was 12. My cousins, my nephews, like family, like everybody came into town. You know what I'm saying? You had the cookouts, the big speakers at the the playgrounds, all your friends, your crushes is around, your girlfriends, you know what I'm saying? Playing basketball. Like It was such a great time in the Bronx Mm. around that time. Okay. 
so many memories made and just everybody at that time was happy. My mom with her friends, you know, just, it was just like the few times that the whole family would come together and just, you know, spend time with each other, Mm. you know, like just, there was no worries at that time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was all fun and enjoyment and whatever issues that, you know, happened during that time, that shit, it it got smashed quick. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It got smashed quick. So, you know, definitely the time with my nephews, my nieces, cousins, so many great memories as a kid. So many great memories. Yeah. I don't know if I have a a particular year, but I will say that those memories of growing up and like going to like my great aunt's house and my cousins being in town for the holidays. And it was just Every holiday, we just make our rounds to other people's houses and just go and visit family and just being able to kind of do that. That was that was good because, you know, um, my generation, we didn't get to a lot of uh, my family moved around to different cities and states. So mm-hmm. that was our time to come together was during that holiday. So I always, always looked forward to it. But, you know, as as things get, you know, time goes on, people get older, people pass on, Mm -hmm. you know, people move further away and it just becomes, you see people less and less. And it's just, that's always so hard. But those were great times. Um, Those are great times. And I would just, just to hear, you know, like you can still hear, I can still hear a lot of my elders. I can hear, I can hear their voices. I can hear their laughter. Right. And, you know, so it's still resonates and then sometimes you'll hear a family member and be like oh my gosh you sound like your mom or you sound like you know your your, your dad you know you sound like uncle such and such cousin such and such and then you know it's just like history is still right. there it's still in us so i think that's always a beautiful thing when you can you know have those memories and stuff to think oh about. man the times are filling up the water balloons and the super soakers yeah. The music at the time. I never had a super soaker. Oh, man. We had so <laughs> many different super soakers, yo. Uh, oh, man. I, always, I, 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 I admired everybody who had them. I've had water guns over the years. <laughs> and there, ain't nobody going to give me no water balloons because ain't nothing good yo, coming from we, a water yo, balloon. Yo, those water balloons. <laughs> oh, man. The buckets. Whoever didn't have water. Oh, I hated getting wet. Like, outside, I hated it. Like, I was not oh, one of them. Oh, you want to like me. No, probably oh, I, wouldn't. I would have been the one chasing you down the block, yo, for real. We had the fire hydrants too. Oh, no, 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 yeah. none of this. You wouldn't like me. <laughs> I was like, no, no, no. I showered and that's it. Like I'm not, I'm not outside. I don't want to get my hair wet. I don't mm. want to get. I'm not going. We to wasn't trying to hear none of that. It was, it was a water <laughs> affair. Like he was gonna get this water balloon. Like, oh my gosh, I used to hate that. My mom knew I didn't like to, to, to get. And then you know, we had water in the place, and all of a sudden, just splash me with water with the water hose. <laughs> Like, mm. I would be so angry. Like, yeah. Just like, ah, no, 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 no. Mm. <laughs> um, let's see. Okay. Um, oh, this is different. Did you want to ask this question? I'll leave. You. I'll let you ask the bonus question. Okay. So, so this is one of those. This like can you, um, enhance it. Sure. All right. Well, we got one more. You when you were at the age you were able to date or, you know, that age when you thought of dating, mm-hmm. what were the qualities that attracted you to a person or a certain individual? The three qualities that attracted to, okay. Oh, the three qualities. Sorry, I misread. I was trying to make you answer. I was, I was trying to find a button. All right. So, 
the three qualities. Um, I was always attracted to girls who wore glasses. <laughs> like that was my weakness because I equated glasses with, you know, focus, mm-hmm. uh, serious. Um, I don't know. I just associated glasses with anything positive. Oh. Like you care for, you know what I'm saying? You care to see what you actually you care, care what, you're doing, <laughs> what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? I always, uh, uh, you know, it was just something that I always, that always caught my attention. Um, the girl who spent her time in the library. Because mm. that, usually that was the one that was hard to get on the block. So, yeah, because she was, so, you know what I'm saying? That was, and she was always cute. So it was like, you know, um, the presence that she carries. Mm. Like when she walks into a room, you know, it's just people pay attention. You know what I'm saying? She's someone that is important or she has the potential. You could see her potential when she walks by you. Like mm-hmm. this person is going to be important one day. You know what I'm saying? She's going to she's going to she's going to do her thing. Like I was always attracted to that type of girl, woman, whatever. Mm-hmm. Growing up. That no. that was the one the, the qualities that I truly value. Now, you would have asked me that question. Like if you would have asked some of my, my my friends that question at that time, <laughs> boy, you was gonna get a very, very complete different answer than what I just gave you. That goes <laughs> to show you how different I was from my friends. Mm, yeah. And I always knew that about myself. Um yeah, I was uh I was a little different too. I was into stuff that people just weren't into when I was uh, that age. I was listening to jazz. I was doing all kinds of stuff that, mm-hmm. you know, people just couldn't connect to. But um, let's see, three qualities. Uh, I remember I was always into the, the guy who could dance. Like that just, oh, well, mm-hmm. except for this one guy. He was annoying. But anyway, <laughs> that was a whole nother story. <laughs> he could dance too, but he got on my nerves. But uh, yeah, I, always, I was always drawn to the guy who could dance. The one who... Didn't have to be, I was always into the shy guy. Like, if, like, I kind of like the guy who wore the glasses, kind of nerdy. And, and then if they, if they turned out to be something else, I was just like, oh, that ain't, he ain't the shy guy that I thought he was. His shoe color showed, huh? Yeah, I was like, he, he caught kinda, you. He got you. The womanizer, like, this is not it. Oh, damn. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's all the girls like him. Oh, now I don't like him no more. <laughs> I was I was into the guy that no one, um, you know, just the quiet one or who I thought was quiet, uh, but not too quiet. I just it, I always felt like I I was drawn to people who you couldn't see their personality um, in the forefront. Right. You know, like there was an other another side to them. I was always interested in other side, not the side that you show everyone, but the side that you kind of. Keep to yourself a little bit because you don't want people to see the real you. Right. I was always wanting to bring the real person out, and uh, there was a couple of times I, you know, there was a couple of guys that 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 caught my eye, but I didn't, you know, I don't know something about my high school I wasn't too into a lot of them. So, <laughs> no, 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 not this or nothing, but it just it is the, what it is. It was what it it's was. It's okay to call it I, for what it was. I think I was more enamored with the celebrities on in the music video. <laughs> <laughs> then the guys I went to school with, and they was cool, but they, you know, just wasn't it. You know what I mean? And I'm sure I wasn't it for them too. So it was all good. <laughs> well, well, that's the episode. Um, I just want to give a special thanks to everyone who's been listening to. Oh, we got another one. Yeah, I was like, what 
Oh, my bad. Oh, okay. This is me. Yeah, that's your question. Oh, my bad. (laughs) Okay, my my bad. All right, so here we go. (laughs) Name a video game that you were so good at that no one wanted to play that game with you. Good at. I'm about to bring back some bad memories for for a few people. Um, I you know, I used to love Yahoo Pool. Oh nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you wrong for that, y'all. I thought it was a great game. You wrong for that. I thought it was fun. And you know, you're some for that. sometimes people weren't as good at it. You wrong for that. As I was. So, you know, they, you know, but it's okay. But it was a great game. And uh, now you was trying to play like you, you just first discovered the, <laughs> the game and you, I, you something else, show. I thought it was a good game. Anyway, uh, it's yeah. all good. I got my payback. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and that's why I don't play with you in video games mm-hmm. because you're ruthless. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I, used to, I used to love playing video games with like, like my nieces and nephews. Oh my gosh. Except for this. One time, my, my nephew, he was really... I was good at this game, but I wasn't good at, on the system that I was playing on. And I was playing with my... Which, my what, what game was it? I think it was it was one of the basketball games. Man. NBA 2K? Yeah, yeah, one of them. And I was and I was really good at the game, but I wasn't good on that um, particular gaming system. Which nephew is this? You know which nephew it is. I oh, okay, okay. But I was so... And then he just kept beating me over and over and over. And he was... He had the nerve to sit over there and look bored. He was like, you're really not that good at this game. And I was like... Wow. Little boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, was like, I was so offended. I was like... So, yeah. I was like, I had to go home and practice. And once I beat him, that was it. Dropped mm. the mic. <laughs> Once you got that win, that was it. You yep, just you get that one win, and I'm like, I'm done. I'm done. I know all about those. <laughs> all right. So once upon a time, there was this game called Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Mortal Kombat 2. Mortal Kombat 2 was the game where this was my fighting game. Like, I had experience with Street Fighter, Street Fighter 2, Turbo, and all that. But Mortal Kombat 2 was my game, and the game was broken as hell. And I knew that. <laughs> I knew the game was broken. There was just certain things about the game that I understood that certain members of my family didn't. Mm. And I knew that Melina was broken as hell. Katana was broken as hell. You know what I'm saying? Katana was the, the names of the Oh, characters. that's not going nowhere. Like those two <laughs> characters were broken. My favorite character was Melina. I swear, my sister, she used to beat me in Mortal Kombat 1. And then when I started practicing and starting to learn her. Her, her cheese and tactics and how to defend against it. I started practicing and practicing. And then one day she decides to get on that Super Nintendo and I just started whooping her. But here's the, here's, here's the funny part. When Mortal Kombat 3 came out, Scorpion was my, my guy, right? Mm-hmm. Once upon a time, my brother decides he wants to come in the room and get on the Sega Genesis. He picked up the joystick. And let's just say after three, four rounds of fights, his joystick ended up being thrown at the TV. <laughs> oh goodness! And that was the last game I ever played with my brother. <laughs> it was it. That oh, was that was man. the last person that ever picked up a controller to play me in Mortal Kombat. So, oh my god! Or Mortal Kombat Three at the time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, that fun times. Fun times. Fun times. Well, I've enjoyed this 
experience but it is time to bring it to a close so i just want to thank everyone for joining us um remember to tune in every thursday at 10 a.m um or actually 12 noon uh eastern time for a new episode and remember to hit the subscribe button and also remember to hit the, the subscribe button and to hit the uh, bell so you don't miss an episode. And also check out the website, www.lgitw.com, which it stands for Life Got In The Way. Um, I want to be sure I uh, continue to thank our loyal listeners across the nation and the globe. Today's special shout out, loyal listeners in Owings Mills, Maryland. Thank you much, so much for listening. You are appreciated. And we see you. Until we meet again, I'm your host, Nikki C. And remember, it's time to get back to gaming again. If not now, then when? Peace. Peace.